talking about from Hebrews, uh, Hebrews, and Hebrews in 12 different places it says the word let us. We've defined that in the church it's not individual, it is a group. The body does not consist of one part, but it consists of many parts. And with one part missing, the body is incomplete. And uh, this scripture here, let us, shows us that our function in the church. Now there are times to have your own individual time with the Lord, your own prayer closet, your prayer language. You know, and even that, we can, we can incorporate that into the body. But there are times to do things together. We are never to be isolated. We're never to be on our own island. We're never to be separated. We are supposed to walk our walk with the body of Christ. Amen. Amen. And if that's not where you are, there can be a season. There can be a season, but it's only a season. Uh, then you need to get back involved with people. But we've looked so far. We're on step 10 tonight. Uh, but we've looked so far at nine. I'm going to very quickly give these to you. They're all from Hebrews. Let us fear. Let us be diligent. Let us hold fast our confession. Let us draw near to the throne of grace. Let us press on to maturity. Let us draw near to the most holy place. Let us hold fast our confession without wavering. Let us consider one another. And then finally last week, let us run with endurance the race set before us. Are you up and going? Okay. First slide, if you don't care, Mr. Brian. Great. Um, let us show gratitude. This is the ninth, uh, like the ninth step, the tenth step is also found. I'm going to try this one more time. It's also found. Typed it in wrong. There we go. What's today, the 15th? How could we not know that? Awesome. Let us run. Uh, well, technology. Wednesday sermon on 415 is uh, let us run the race with endurance. All right, I'm going to let y'all handle it. Like the ninth step, it's all, uh, the tenth step's also in uh, Hebrews chapter 12. Uh, the ninth step came in the beginning of the chapter. The tenth step is near the end. Let's look at Hebrews chapter 12, verse 28. Third slide. Therefore, since we receive a kingdom which cannot be shaken, let us show gratitude by which we may offer to God an acceptable service, service with reverence and awe for our God is a consuming fire. Now, I believe that you probably have heard this scripture before, but I'm hoping to maybe tie a couple things together that maybe you haven't seen. Now, as I was, uh, as we were doing that last song, man, I just loved that last song. Um, Haley, I felt like she just had a sweet spirit on her as she sang that and um, uh, you know, everybody sounds different. Everybody has something different to offer. But there was something about that song that just was connecting with my spirit. There was something about Haley singing that song that was connecting with my spirit. And, and uh, I want to encourage you, and this, I've never said this before, but I just want to encourage you to tell your spirit to wake up and listen. Tell your mind to wake up and listen. Tell your ears and your heart, your body to stop what you're doing right now and listen. I'm just going to be giving basic scripture. I, I don't necessarily have um, in, in Pastor Paul some great revelation, but there is great revelation in his word. There is what you need tonight in his word, but you've got to focus. You've got to listen. Um, I have been so overwhelmed in the last two or three years in that I have, I, 
I have read, as, as someone that has to teach every week, I've got to read so much anyway, but I've just, let me just say maybe in the last eight to ten years, I've finally become a more, not accomplished, but a bigger reader. And it's blowing me away how much my brain can take. Um, I've gone from reading The Seven Decisions, which you guys all walked with me kind of through a little bit. I was very hungry for that. I told you all about that. Then I went into The Seven um, uh, Highly Effective, uh, The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People or something like that. You and I have read that together. Stephen Covey, we didn't read it together, but we have both read it. Blowing my mind. And now I've moved on to this book called The Power of Habit. And it is just, it, I mean, poor Pastor Zach, I'm just calling him in my office almost every five minutes to just, I got this idea, I got this idea. And it's like, um, when we stop and focus for a moment and we allow things to be poured into our heart, poured into our eyes, poured into our brains, poured into our ears, poured into our minds and our hearts, we can kick into a whole nother gear. And I've never thought myself to be a creative person, but I've got creativity stirring. And I want to encourage you, be a reader. You can get audiobooks and stick them on your iPod for free from the library. You can get any, almost any book you will ever want from the library for free. Uh, you know, even if you're just reading novels or something, the, what happened with me was we went to the beach, my wife and I, one of our first vacations together. I'm going to get in trouble. Um, not with her, but on my time. But I've got to just tell you how it happened. I got to vacation, and we as a family, with my family, always vacationed by golfing and then shopping and eating. That was it. We'd take our golf clubs, we'd golf each day, the girls would go shopping, then we'd get together and eat, and then that was it. Went to bed. So I got to our first vacation with Elizabeth, and I think we had one child at the time, and she's got me hauling out an umbrella and chairs, and I'm like, I don't, where, where, what are we going to do with these? And we go down to the beach, and I get it all set up, and we sit down, and I'm like, what, can I go dig a hole, or what, what can I do? She's like, no, we just sit here. And I'm like, Okay. For how long? Well, until lunch. Okay, well, great. I can make it a couple hours. After we eat, then what? We come back. And I'm like, oh, dear God. <laughs> I'm not kidding. I really had an aha moment. This, I got seven days of this. I can't make it an hour. So I went and got a John Grisham book, The Rainmaker. I just looked. I was walking through a store, and I'm like... I've heard of him. I get that, five bucks. And started reading, and since then I've read every one of his books, and then it, got, it just got my mind stirring out of something dumb, out of, out, of a, out of not seeing it coming. So I would just encourage you to read, to study, to learn, to grow. Don't be the same person. You have got so much, you've got so much potential and there is something great in front of you, but you got to go get it. So, let us show gratitude. King, King James Version um, says, let us have grace. Let us have grace. It's important to understand the connection between grace and thanks. Have you ever heard, have you ever sat down at someone's dinner table and said, let's say grace? Say what? Huh? Watered down. Watered down grace. Greasy. 
greasy grace. Um, but let's say grace. No, I'm like, let's pray over the food. No, let's give thanks. Let's give grace. There is a connection between grace and thanks. The King James translation is a literal translation of the words, but the phrase to have grace is commonly in the Greek expressed to give thanks. And this brings out a connection between grace and thanks, which is found in multiple languages. For instance, the, the French say, grace I do. Thanks to God. Both Italian and Spanish, thank you. Italian is grazie and Spanish is gracias. But it is grace. Thank you. Saying grace or thank, uh, giving thanks. All through these languages, there is this connection between grace and thanks. And I want you to know that you cannot have the grace of God without the thankfulness of God. Those two things, unless you are practicing giving thanks to God. Grace and thanks go together. Like peanut butter and jelly. There's nothing more ungracious than an unthankful person. Whereas a thankful person will always receive the grace of God. But God gives us two requirements that he expects from his people in this area. First, he requires that we appreciate what he does. But the second thing is, is that he requires that we vocalize that appreciation of what he's done. That we say it out of our mouth. That we express our appreciation. There are those people, and let me tell you, that has been me, that are, have been grateful to God but never take the time to tell him how great he is. Um, just take a minute and just say, God, you're great. We sang it, but there's a difference in singing it. There's a difference in singing it and saying it from your heart. Now, because I just told you to say it, thanks, God, that, that doesn't mean anything. It's, it's what is coming out of your heart. You can go through the motions and miss it completely, or you can say it from your heart. And I want you to know, you may be here just right in the complete pit of hell, but if you will stop for just a second, you will find something to be thankful for. If that's all you have, then give thanks to the Lord for that. I'm going to show you why. There is a reward. There is a reason why we need to give thanks. On top of the fact that God requires us to. How would you feel if your kids never thanked you for everything that you did? You wouldn't like it if they never said thank you or showed, showed their gratitude but just accepted everything that you did as if it was their right. And they just took it for granted. And let me tell you, all kids do that. What happens today is people feel entitled that word entitled is a curse that's upon our nation as well as upon, I think, almost every nation. I think every nation where we think we deserve it. Praise God, I don't get what I deserve. You want what you deserve? You think you want what you deserve. If you could just get a taste of what you deserve, you would run to the throne of God. What, what's at the throne of God? Grace, grace, great grace. But unfortunately, so many of God's children in the church treat God like this, and it is not pleasing in his sight. 
We are required to appreciate God for what he does, and we are required to express it. Next slide. Proverbs chapter 3 says, and I just love this, in, in all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will direct your path. Y'all know what goes before that. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding, and in all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will direct your path. And I've learned this by experience, that if I pause at every stage to acknowledge God, I can be confident that he will be on the hook. He will be responsible for directing my path. But this is part of that requirement. We think God's going to direct our path, but there are three other things that go along with that. Tonight we're just talking about being thankful. But if I will acknowledge him in everything, then he will continue to direct my path. How can I acknowledge God? The simplest way and best way is by thanking him. Thanking him for what he has done. Thanking him for his faithfulness. When you do, you get the assurance immediately that he is going to continue to be faithful. You know what happens is when I remember what God did, my belief starts to increase, which is my faith. My faith as my faith increases, then I believe that I can face what I've got in front of me because God was faithful before. I'm remembering God. I'm also including God in where I'm walking next, which means I'm going to have victory. You, your faith, your strength starts to get built up as we start to pray and as we acknowledge, I'm looking at you two right here down front because we need, we need breakthrough and we're going to remember what God's done as we're praying for breakthrough. I remember what you've done. If you did it then, you will, you, you're on the, if you did it for that one that uh, was on his mat and, and he said, get up and walk, God's on the hook for doing it for that guy. He's on the hook for doing it for me. That, that person's no more special than I am. And his promises are the same for healing for that guy as it is for me. So we need to remember what he has done. When you do, you get the assurance immediately that he's going to continue to be faithful. And just as he has helped and guided in the past, he will guide in the future. But one of the keys, one of the major keys is to acknowledge him. Let's just remember the other two. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. But in all your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your path. Now, we need to go to the background of this exhortation to thankfulness. And we're going to go back to Hebrews chapter 12, verse 25. Next slide. This is a little bit long, so hang in there with me. See to it that you do not refuse him who is speaking. Now, in my little parentheses here, who is speaking to us. And then the parallel is taken from the Old Testament when God spoke to the people of Israel through Moses. Now we'll continue. For if those did not escape when they refused him who warned them on earth, much less will we, what is we? We are the New Testament believers that we escape who turn away from him who warns from heaven. Verse 6, next slide. I'm sorry, verse 26. And his voice shook the earth then, but now he has promised saying, yet once more I will... I will shake not only the earth, but also the heaven. Verse 27. This expression, yet once more, denotes the removing of those things which can be shaken as of created things, so that those things which cannot be shaken what, uh, may remain. This is the background of this exhortation that we have got to show gratitude because we live in a world that is crumbling and falling apart. 
our world even today, and I don't believe this shaking has taken place yet, but I believe that there's these little tremors going on right now. I don't think we really know what a real shaking feels like. I would kind of like to not know. I'd like to kind of be raptured up before that. Let me miss that part, and I'll just take the rapture. Come on, Jesus, just go ahead and come, and we'll go and go ahead and shake, shake all you want. Shake it up. Shaken, not stirred. But all around us is distress, uncertainty, perplexity, confusion, hatred, division, war, fear. Not, not just in our nation. I know we want to think that we're the ones going through everything, but every nation is going through it. To a greater or lesser degree, these conditions are going to continue and even grow worse. But God says there's going to come a time where I'm not just going to shake the earth, but I'm going to shake the heavens. And this, one, this once more indicates that there will be a final shaking. And in this final shaking, anything that can be shaken will get removed. It's going to be cleared out. But in the light of this, this Hebrew writer is saying in verse 28, since we have received a kingdom that cannot be shaken, let us show gratitude. What's that saying? That's saying, thank you, Lord, for placing my feet on a place that cannot be shaken. It cannot. Everything else may shake. Everything else may look like it is going to fall apart and fail. I will not. Thank you, God, for that. Thank you for establishing my feet on your rock. I stand on your rock. I, we, do, we do not have to depend on a shakable kingdom. We have an eternal kingdom, an unshakable kingdom, the kingdom of God himself. That kingdom is righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. It's Romans 14. And in the midst of all that's going on around us, all that's being shaken, all the threatening, all the alarm and the fears and the inadequacies and the insufficient remedies that, that are only a temporarily stopgap, in the midst of all this, we have an unshakable kingdom. We have peace. We have security. We have purpose. And there's only one appropriate response for that, and that's thankfulness. Let us express our thanks to God. And not only is thankfulness or gratitude the appropriate response for what God has done for us, not only is it something that we owe God and need to pay, but thankfulness and gratitude or the expression of our appreciation, what it does in our spirit, what does it do in our spirit that nothing else can do? What it does in our spirit is it it enables us to offer up acceptable worship. Do you remember when the, when the perfume was broken and poured on Jesus? Her heart, her thankfulness made that offering acceptable. To man, it was, it was wrong. We could have just fed hundreds of people with that. And the Lord says, no, 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 that thankfulness in her heart is acceptable to me. This is even prophetic what she's doing. Out of her thankful heart came a prophetic word that he was about to be buried, that he was going to go in and take all the sin of the world and was going to come back to life. She was preparing him for burial. She didn't even know it. 
She was just expressing her thankfulness. What that does is that makes you acceptable. Your thankfulness, I believe, empowers you to reach the person you've got at work. It may be by the, forgive me, the dumbest thing ever. It may be, who, who knows what it is. We can't, we can't measure it. But when we become thankful to God, we become useful to God. Thankfulness. And church, it's an easy thing to do. Thank you, God, for my children. Thank you for my wife. Thank you for our nation. Thank you for our president. Thank you for our church. Thank you for our pastor. Thank you for our church body. Thank you for our Sunday school teachers. Thank you for Aaron. Yeah. Thank you for Aaron. There's none like him. None. <laughs> okay. All right. Enough. We'll, we'll get in trouble. But thank you. Everybody say thank you. It needs to be, it really, as funny as it is as I'm reading this book, it really needs to be a habit. Something you don't even have to think about. You don't even have to, oh man. I, and I've had so many times that I have prayed and asked God for stuff and, I, and he's done it. And I've woke up weeks later and thought, oh my goodness gracious, Lord forgive me. I have forgot to give thanks for that miracle you did in my, in my life. That healing, that church service, that family that got back together, that breakthrough, that financial uh, uh, blessing. It happened today um, where I just had to stop for just a minute and say, you know, it's tax day. And I'm like, oh man, that's, taxes are the devil. But what came back out of my mouth was, thank you, Lord, for letting me have the money to pay my taxes. I've had, I've had times where I didn't have it and really had to make worse choices and go borrow money. And uh, then you have to dig your way out of that. And uh, thank you, God, in the midst of me hating doing this, thank you, Lord, that I can do it. So do you have something to be thankful for? Without gratitude, we become unacceptable. I don't even have that scripture in front of me anymore. Let me go back to it. Y'all don't have to switch back. Therefore, since we receive a kingdom that can't be shaken, let us show gratitude by which we may offer to God an acceptable service. Our gratitude... Our thankfulness positions us for our um, service to be acceptable. Well, I, th I think there's something there for those that are not doing it. Without gratitude, our service to God will not be acceptable. It is that attitude of gratitude which makes our service acceptable, which releases our spirit. An unthankful person is bound up by himself. He is self-centered and he cannot know true liberation. But thankfulness releases our spirit. That is, and uh, let's look at next slide, slide eight. First Thessalonians chapter five. In everything, say everything. In everything. Give thanks. For this 
this giving thanks, I put it in, quote, in, in boxes for you, is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Look what comes next. Don't quench the spirit. That just didn't happen to land there after the scripture before. We've all heard that, do not quench the spirit. But in everything give thanks, for this giving thanks is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. So, if any of you are struggling to know what God's will is, maybe you're looking for that big aha moment of what's the big picture. Maybe God doesn't always give big picture. He doesn't say to go put your application in at the post office. I want you to work for the post office. It's not there. I don't know why I said the post office, but you had to have your taxes in and stamped by midnight tonight. So it's on my brain. I'm thinking about it. But what he does say, he drops these little pieces in there for us. Start giving me thanks. Start giving me thanks. I'll show you the next step. He's already said he'll direct our path if we'll give him thanks. So are you struggling to know what the next step is? I want to encourage you. You've got a word tonight. Start giving him thanks. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. You know what? That doesn't mean just, just to lean on God's, God's word and his understanding. It means lean on other people too. Their wisdom, their understanding. It's the body. I get wisdom not just from God's word. I get, I get, I've gotten wisdom today from other people. Trust in the Lord. Lean not on your own understanding. Don't just do this thing all by yourself. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he'll direct your path. This is the will of God for you as you walk with Christ Jesus. It's a clear commandment. If we don't give thanks, we're disobedient. If we don't give thanks, we're outside the will of God. I am not, I'm not playing with words here. This is God's will to give thanks. So that says to me, not giving thanks is not God's will. I'm hoping somebody will just, okay, I'm going to give thanks. Good. It's not for me. It's for you. Good. While you're chewing, I, I, my kids talk all the time with their mouth full. In fact, you've got to teach kids not to do that. So as you're enjoying, mmm, that's good. All right, yeah, that's good. I'm going to chew on that. That's good. Yeah, yeah. Or just right then, thank you, God. If I can get a truth to walk out of here, thank you, God. Thank you. Joe McGee will be preaching. He'll just be talking a mile a minute, and then he'll just stop for a minute. Thank you, God. Yeah, thank you, God. And then here he goes again. Because he's downloading. Well, that was good. Thank you. I'm just going to go ahead and get it out of the way. I, I, I may forget it, God. Thank you. Clear commandment. Failing to give thanks quenches the spirit. Don't do that. The only release for the spirit to serve God acceptably is through thanksgiving. Next slide. For God is a consuming fire. 
What the writer is saying is we have to approach this holy, awe-inspiring God with the right attitude, with a humble, thankful heart. And as I close, to look again at the background of the world in these last days, we've already looked at the shaking that's coming. Now let's look at real quickly at the disintegration of character, morality, and standards. Uh, next slide, 2 Timothy chapter 3. But mark this, there will be terrible times in the last days. People will be lover, lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, without love, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not lovers of good, next slide, treacherous, rash, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, verse 5, having a form of godliness but denying its power have nothing to do with them. Now, I don't have this in my notes, but this part as I was studying this afternoon, that last part, having a form of godliness. We're playing church. But we are not on target. Got, got enough in there to kind of look like you're going the right way. What that, what that comes across to me is wolves in sheep's clothing. Everything's wrong, the intent is wrong, but there's enough right in there to mask what's going on. What a terrible list of moral defects and character that's going to mark the close of this age. But I want you to catch, um, go back to the previous slide where it says, uh, right in the middle, it says, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, without love. And I want you to catch the association ungrateful is right next to unholy. You cannot be holy and ungrateful. And since our God is a consuming fire, he requires that we serve him in holiness, with holiness, which is appropriate. Then we have to serve him with gratitude. We must come to him with thankfulness. So I want to encourage you for this week, you know, put it, on, put it on your mirror, put it somewhere, put it in your car, thankfulness. And stop, I don't mean stop your car, but stop your thought, hit pause on your iPod and give thanks to God. When you've got a struggle in front of you and you want to jump off the rails, give thanks to God. Team with that praise to God. You know, praise and thankfulness, I will enter his courts with thanksgiving in my heart. I will, enter, I will enter his gates with thanksgiving in my heart. I will enter his courts with praise. Something that, that I didn't even mention about thankfulness is it is an entryway into the presence of God. Plus, it makes our worship acceptable. It makes our service acceptable. Let me just say, I believe it makes our church service acceptable being thankful. Okay, last, uh, step number 10 on AA. Next slide. Continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admit it. Um, those of you that are new here tonight, because we had 12 steps, I've just thrown in the 12 steps of AA and I've just, to be honest with you, I've just loved it. And what's so bizarre is as I'm reading this power of habit, he goes into AA, the steps of AA, and how it's really a habit-breaking process. Not only does it break habits, but it also teams it with God. 
It's unbelievable. You want to get free, and you don't have to get, it doesn't have to be alcoholism. If you need freedom, these 12 steps will lead you to freedom. The 12 steps of AA. So, continue to take personal inventory. Christians, this is what we're supposed to do. It's what we're supposed to do at every communion. To just take a look in your heart. Have you got any uncovered or covered, covered or uncovered, smothered, covered, and yeah, chunked and scattered, smothered, and covered sin? Any, any Waffle House fans here? I don't, I don't eat there either, but I love it. But to take inventory of your heart. That's all this is saying here. And when you're wrong, when you find something, give it to God. Give it to him. And you know what? Give him thanks that you're free. That's been paid for, but you've got to cash it in. Continue to take personal inventory. And when we're wrong, promptly admit it. All right. Will you all stand up with me now?